Hello and welcome to Learning to Live the Life, a podcast to help people with their Christian discipleship from Christchurch Downend, a Church of England church in Bristol Diocese. I'm Reverend Aidan Watson and in each episode I'm joined by a couple of guests as we chat about something to do with what it means to be a Christian seven days a week and how do we live out our faith in various ways. So far we've had a chat about discipleship in general in our first episode and then last time we had a discussion on prayer which I'd encourage you to download and listen to whenever you can. Today we're having a discussion about living out our faith in the workplace and in particular what does it mean to be a Christian working in healthcare and I'll be joined by Angie and Laura who are two members of our church who work in healthcare. But before we get to that, I just want to encourage you to get involved with the podcast. The more response and feedback we get, the better and more helpful it will be. I'd love to discuss any feedback or questions you have about episodes, and you can get in touch by emailing podcast at christchurchdownend.com. Now, we've received some feedback already that's been really positive. Thank you for that. But one person who wants to remain anonymous got in touch about the prayer podcast we did and noticed that actually we didn't talk about the difficulty of prayers seemingly not being heard by God. Now, all I can say is that I'm sorry we didn't cover that specifically, but I think it's obvious that that could be the focus of a future podcast, and it's definitely something we should do. But on this channel, we also release weekly sermons, and in our current series on prayer, uh, called Lord Teach Us to Pray, on the 9th of February, we're going to be looking specifically at unanswered prayer. So I really hope that is helpful. And again, get in touch if you want us to cover anything else. Anyway, that's all to come. For now, let's get into our episode today of being a Christian in healthcare. I really hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you both. I'm here with Laura and Angie and we're going to have a chat about what it means to be a Christian in healthcare, aren't we? Mm, yeah. yeah, it's exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see where we go. But uh, before we start, I wonder... As, as I always ask people to do, can you introduce yourself? So Laura, you know, who are you? What brings you to Christchurch? And tell us a bit about what you do. So I'm Laura. I have been coming to Christchurch since just before we got married. So about 16 years. My husband was brought up in Christchurch and it seemed somewhere that we could both be together. Um, I've got two children, Eloise and Elliot, who are 10 and 8. And I'm a children's nurse and work in the outpatients department at the children's hospital. No, I knew that because uh, you were one of the first people I met at Christchurch, <laughs> weren't you? Because we, yeah. my son was on your paediatric ward. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And Angie, do you want to introduce yourself as well? Yes, I'm Angie and I've been coming to Christchurch for about 18 years or so nice. now. I was already married at the time and had two children. They were young children and I was looking for a church where I could bring them up. And the first time I walked through the doors, it felt like coming home. Nice. So I stayed. <laughs> <laughs> um, my boys have now left home. So I'm at home with my dog, um, but at the moment I work for St Peter's Hospice in Bristol and I, I'm in the community, so I visit people at home who have any life-limiting illness, really. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, we're going to have a chat about, you know, what does it mean to be a Christian with working with people who aren't very well, but before that, should we have a little, you know, a question, you know, what's the uh, most embarrassing way you've maybe hurt yourself or uh, your most embarrassing health moment? When I was a student nurse, I fainted, which isn't unusual, but it was just at the removal of a mole. So the patient was <laughs> wide awake, <laughs> having a local anaesthetic, 
student nurse on the floor. <laughs> Did the uh, patient laugh at you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that one felt quite sorry for me. <laughs> nice. What about you, Angie? Um, well, I probably can't fully explain mine, but there was a situation where um, me and another nurse were trying to lift a patient to put a cushion underneath him, and I accidentally kept grabbing the wrong thing. <laughs> amazing oh, don't touch my foot <laughs> but anyway so should we get into the podcast yeah okay so as i said we're chatting about what does it mean to be a christian in healthcare and each episode i kind of like looking back a little bit and seeing you know what's the story behind what we're talking about so laura first i wonder if you could just share your journey uh, with healthcare and what did, how did you get into it? And were you a Christian at the time? I was a Christian at the time. I became a Christian when I was 12. And church has always been part of my life. And I have always known that I've wanted to be a nurse oh, really? from a very young age. My mum was a nurse. And I my first dressing up was a nurse's outfit and a cape. <laughs> Not that you ever wear a cape now. So from that point of view, I was very lucky, blessed, whichever way you look yeah. at it. But I did know very strongly what I mm. wanted to do. It was only when I was actually doing my university applications that I thought about children's nursing because I've always enjoyed working with children. Didn't really realise that I could combine the two. Mm -hmm. So it was when I was doing my A-levels that I was thinking, actually, I really enjoy working with children. I love seeing them grow and develop. I can do that in nursing. And actually, people say, oh, how can you be a children's nurse? And I personally answer that I don't think I could be an adult nurse. <laughs> children are fun. Children want to play. Children don't have a sick role. They yeah. don't understand that if they're in hospital, they think they should be in pyjamas and not get out of bed, which a lot of adults do. Mm-hmm. Most children have families that want them at home and will bend over a hundred times to, yeah. to get them home, which you don't always get at the other end of the spectrum. Yeah, what about you, Angie? Like, where, What's your journey with healthcare then? Well, similar in a way. Um, I was brought up in a Christian family, and from when I was little and dressed as nurses, I've just always... That's what I knew I was going to be. So I think there's definitely a calling, even if that's not something you're aware of at the time. Amazing, yeah. So my whole life was geared up to that, but I don't have a health past. None of my family were in healthcare at all. I've never seen anyone in hospital... So I was totally naive about what I was going in for, but just knew that was who I was meant to be. Mm. When you first got into healthcare, like, and, and exploring those early stages, how did it, your faith impact, like, that part of the journey, I suppose, and you? Yeah, well, I think it's certainly something that gives you strength in difficult situations, but it also um, is a real privilege because... What you're doing for people, the smallest thing you do for somebody, they're so grateful for, and it just gives you a real sense of purpose, I think, being mm. able to minister and serve people. Is that something you'd agree with, Laura? Yeah, I, I was thinking, I don't know if my faith did impact me when I was training, but I'm sure it must have done, because it makes <laughs> me the person that I am. It gives me an outlet that when you had a really bad day, you can actually pray and give it to God, and even if the patient doesn't know that you're praying for them it's still a right I don't know what's happening in this situation God but I'm trusting that you do be with that family be with that person help me to be the best support best nurse that I can be to to them brilliant and and what would you say to someone who was maybe just starting you know if they're, they're a Christian someone member of our church say and uh, they're just starting studying nursing or another form of healthcare. what would your advice be Try and get as much experience as possible. 
I did a pre-health course as part when I was doing my A-levels, so I had only three hours a week, but that was in a hospital ward or in a nursery, or it just gave me a bit of a feel for the things that I'd be doing Brilliant. as a nurse. But just life experience as well. I also worked in a shop, which is dealing with the public, you're dealing with unhappy public. All of that is... Really? I, I thought everyone good. was always happy when they go into shops and never have any complaints ever. <laughs> Not in our house <laughs> at Christmas. <laughs> Guaranteed. <laughs> what about you, Angie? What would your advice be as someone starting out this journey? What Laura says sounds very sensible, but I wasn't like that at all. So when I started nursing, I was as green and naive as possible, really. I'd not done any work experience or any caring experience. And luckily for me, the first ward I worked on was a male orthopaedic ward where they weren't ill. They were just coming for cold surgery. Um, and I started blushing probably from the first day I set on the ward and gradually... Um, by the time I'd finished that experience, they'd managed to make me a bit more realistic about perhaps human bodies and what care involves. Is it a bit of a shock to the system, you say? Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> Great, so we've kind of spoken about the kind of how the beginnings of your journeys with healthcare, but now let's kind of look to where you're at now and the roles you do. What have you kind of learned along your kind of nursing and, and, and also your Christian journey about how the two interact. Angie, I wonder, could you speak first? Yeah. Well, I think it really feels like you're doing God's work because God says, doesn't he, that actions speak louder than words. And as nurses, we're not supposed to openly share our faith with people because, you know, it might offend some people. I actually do wear my cross and chain to work and I've not been told to remove it. So... I feel quite comfortable wearing that and occasionally people will comment and sometimes if it's, it's a Christian you're visiting then it is that lovely understanding and you can have those conversations. But I think in caring for people it's having that heart for people and now that I work at the hospice although I am a nurse I don't tend to do hands-on nursing as such now it's more advice and support so it really is sitting alongside people who are approaching their last days or last months um, and trying to make that as good as possible for them. Yeah, of mm. course. And, and that, that's obviously you're at the opposite end of the scale in life terms. Mm. Uh, Laura, how has your kind of journey with this gone forward to bring you to now? Well, I kind of have realised that even though I do make a difference to patients, certainly in the outpatient setting, it's actually the team that I'm working with and the other nurses that are the people that I can reach out to. In outpatients especially, you've got such a short time with them that you may make a comment if they live around the corner to you, but to get anything deeper is nigh on impossible. Of course. But it's a team that I work with. I mean, I didn't particularly like doing night shifts, but when I did night shifts, I do miss the kind of time that you had to talk with your team. And they were the times that a colleague had lost her grandparent and she was talking about it and I actually shared the bit in the Bible that said that there'll be no more death and no more crying in Revelation which at that time she felt comforted by. So for me much as I obviously do try and be the best nurse that I can and make a difference to the patients and make it as nice as it can be in a stressful situation of coming into hospital not knowing what the doctor's going to say. Having mm -hmm. blood pressure done which when you're a wriggly baby is not pleasant and um, yeah so it's it's long-term relationship-wise, it's more with the, the, staff. the team that I work with. That's an interesting crossover, I suppose, with a lot of 
customer facing mm. jobs that I, I maybe didn't expect us to think about but I suppose Angie yours is a lot more long term care yes. with individuals like, yeah. does that, is that quite a different thing or do you work with a team as well? Well I do work within a team there's six of us who share our office and cover a certain area of Bristol and we get on very well although I'm the only Christian among them and that doesn't bother them. In fact, sometimes they will ask me questions. It's quite interesting recently, it's an aside, I guess, but one of the girls isn't a Christian at all, and her three-year-old daughter recently saw a video which mentioned Jesus, and she's now wanting to know who this Jesus is. So my friend asked me if I had any books for children that would tell her the basic story of Jesus. And so I gave that to her this week, and one of the other team members joked, oh, are you converting her? And I said, well, I can try. (laughs) (laughs) My mum works a bit in healthcare. She's she's more in the research side of things, and whenever she has discussions about faith, about her being a Christian, they're always a specific type of conversation Mm. because scientists ask weird things yeah do you do the conversations differ do you think from when you're working in healthcare you've both talked about you know chatting with people you work with do they do they take a particular tone i think because we see life as its total nitty-gritty worst side of things often people can be quite cynical Mm. even though we're in a caring profession Mm. because they've seen the child with brain tumor or a child knocked off their bike and permanently head injured or whatever it can be quite difficult to reach out with a loving god mm. and yeah it can be quite uh, yeah, quite harsh conversations and quite mm. and angie would you would you say similar yes but i suppose we've got the privilege of being able to spend time with our patients and building up that relationship so sometimes when if they do ask you something like that you, you can at least share a little in a broad mm. sense. So I think from that point of view, in some ways it's easier, although I guess it's really tough as well because then I've got to carry that. But that's when I seek God and I know that he's with me in it. And plus, if it is something I'm really struggling with, I can go back to my team. And although they aren't Christians, they're really caring nurses. We're a really good group and we do support each other. Mm. And if a situation was too tough, then a colleague could either go with me next time or take over the caseload. Or we can just talk it through so I'm better prepared next time. So we're doing uh, this podcast called Learning to Live the Life. And in our first episode, we kind of talked about the vision behind it. And it's kind of inspired by LICC, the London Institute of Contemporary Christianity, where they talk about fruitfulness on the front lines and these idea of front lines, you know, where you come into contact with other non-Christians or people kind of you're caring for in some ways, which is obvious in this sitting. And this month we're praying for the front line of healthcare, which is why we wanted to start with this. What does fruitfulness on your front line mean to you, Laura? I think it's not necessarily about making people become Christians. It's about having the opportunities to have those conversations. My manager at the moment, she asks, how was your weekend? Often church is part of my weekend, so I will talk to her about it. And so we had the church weekend away in September so I said well, we went away the church weekend and then we had the banquet a couple of weeks later and I said oh yeah we had the banquet at church where it's bring and share and everyone just eats together and then we had destination unknown and all of those she's asked me how was your weekend what have you been up to and at one point she said I really like the sound of your church Laura it sounds really welcoming and open and she doesn't live in Bristol so the likelihood of ever coming to church with me is probably quite slim 
but just to have those conversations, to open up situations where people know you are a Christian and they're struggling, that they can come and talk yeah, to of you. of course. Um, and, and for those who don't know, Destination Unknown was this oh, Sunday. Sorry. <laughs> and you had, you had a couple of people at your house, was it? We had 11 people. <laughs> so I suppose for you, fruitfulness on your front line is, could almost be faithfulness on your front line, and that might lead to fruit, but just being faithful in that situation. What about you, Angie? What does fruitfulness on your front line mean? Well, similar to Laura, but I know I have had people comment sometimes that there's something different about me, and that I always seem to bring an air of calm. Um, and I think in the situation I'm working in, then that's what's needed. I mean, the pain and symptom control is part of my day-to-day work, but also the emotional, spiritual, psychological side of things is massive. And I think if I can just be with someone and they can feel that peace, then that's not coming from me, that's coming from God, but that is probably the greatest gift I can give them. And you talked a bit of law about the social side of church and the family of church. How can the church be supporting people, you know, our members in healthcare, not just in a prayer capacity, which we definitely want to be doing, but yeah, how can we be supporting you as a church and supporting other people who work in this kind of field? Uh, Angie, do you want to say first? Oh, golly, that's a big one, isn't it? <laughs> I think it is helpful that we do have this focus so the church is suddenly made aware that actually quite a number of their congregation their family members do work in healthcare in one way or another and just being aware of that and acknowledging that it makes quite a difference and I think we'll see amongst each other sometimes like Laura says if people are aware of what we do if they have an issue they might seek us out and come and talk to us about things Um, and again that's a real privilege what about you, Laura? Yeah, it's quite tricky because it's such a different job. I don't know of any other job where you are so involved in people's lives and it's at the worst or best highs of emotion. And just doing night shifts can be a total killer of family life. And just having an understanding of what our jobs involve, being a listening ear, if obviously we can't go into patient detail, but... If we've had a bad day, just, mm. yeah, we really appreciate all the work that you do. Um, just being family, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Come and have a coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but definitely. just, yeah, because it is such a different job to other sectors. I appreciate that. And I couldn't work in other sectors, so I would find that totally, totally stressful. But, but yeah, just having an appreciation of the differences and the fact that we are emotionally involved. We'll be back to our episode in just a second but as i said at the beginning if there's anything you want to respond to in our episode maybe questions you have on the back of it then please do email podcast at christchurchdownend.com we want to make this podcast as useful as possible and we can't do that without your involvement so please do email in but for now back to the final part of today's episode So we've chatted about how you got into healthcare, we've chatted about you know your lessons learned in healthcare. Now it'd be really good to kind of broaden the picture, I suppose, because obviously we've touched on it already. There's real life is really involved in your jobs and in your roles, and nothing more than in hospice care or certainly with dealing with uh, unwell children. But what I want to do is maybe have a chat in the broader kind of picture of how we deal with suffering and you know what ways maybe people listening to this can be encouraged in their own journeys, because that's something that really touches on us all. So Laura, I'll maybe come to you first. How do you kind of deal with suffering 
that you witness and see and the concept that you believe in a loving God? So I do struggle with it, as anybody would. Um, ultimately, I believe that suffering is because of human wrongdoing, that Adam and Eve disobeyed God and therefore we have sin and suffering as a consequence of that. That is not saying that the individual families have done something wrong to deserve their child getting poorly. But ultimately, suffering is a result of human action. The fall, and not, what's otherwise known as the fall. You know, yes. The world is not meant, designed to be include suffering. I see God in the suffering, and through my own suffering, I don't know how I would have got through it unless God was there. And I genuinely don't know how people do get through tough times without trusting that God is there and looking after them. And I... In my work and outside of work, I try and make that bad time as good as it can be. So that may, that may not solve the problem, but if I can do something small, or what I think is relatively small, to make a big difference to that child and that family, that is my God-given gift as a Christian. And you, Angie, what about you? Well, I had a real crisis of faith going back probably only a couple of years after I started work at the hospice because there was a, a young patient. She was only late 20s and she was dying. And I was only a few years younger. And I hadn't really been connected with church for a while. I'd kind of drifted. And the suffering I went through because of her suffering, if you get what I mean, it was really bizarre. I, I was even thinking, God, she's got so much ahead of her because she was wanting to get married and all the rest of it. And although I was married, it, it my life didn't seem important somehow. And um, I really struggled for a while. I mean, sadly, she did die, but she managed to get married in the hospice. So she was married before she died. And I struggled for ages with that. But over time... I've learned, like Laura says, that uh, you know, if you really rely on God, he is there with you. And in those times, he's not only with you, he's carrying you. And I think that's why I like the cross I've got at the moment. It's made up of three nails. And I think, you know, we worry about suffering, but Jesus knew all about suffering. He was tortured, he was whipped, beaten, he was nailed to a, a cross. And, uh, and he did that for us. Mm. So whenever we're suffering, he was there before us. And so that's why I value this cross, just the way it's made, because it really brings that home oh, to me. Brilliant. I mean, this is something that we maybe we have crossover in our roles occasionally, because uh, I'm obviously dealing with end-of-life stuff from the clergy point of view. But how do you find kind of support when you're in those lower moments? You know, you've talked about your faith in God providing, you know, really being a rock for you, and I definitely hear that, but... I have said in the prayer podcast that there's no such thing as solo Christianity. Do you have support structures? I speak to my husband and he can tell when I've had a bad day because I'll actually tell him about work, whereas normally I'm pretty good at leaving work at work and having home at home. But yeah, if I talk about it, it's, it's a very bad day. So he does have an understanding, but quite limited. So I do talk to home group potentially. My mum, because she has been there and done that and and knows knows the emotional side of nursing that is difficult if you're if you're not involved in that and you angie well the church has been family for me because um seven nearly eight years ago i ended up being divorced 
And for me, that was a real crisis of faith again, because I kept thinking, I promised those vows for eternity to God. But there were some people within church who were awesome. They really were. And we prayed together, and I had lots of practical support as well. So God puts people in your life that you need in every situation. I strongly believe that. No, definitely. I, mm. I think suffering is something that, you know, every Christian, every person encounters. And, you know, if someone says they don't have any problem with it, then they, they're probably lying or, or mm. don't know yet. And that's the reality of life. And, yeah, mm. I think I completely agree with you that God puts people in your life and yeah. seeking them out and not being quiet about stuff. Mm. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I hope it's been good for you. I've really been blessed by this conversation and I hope other people will be as well. I know they will be blessed by it as well. So thank you so much. Thank you. So that's episode three in the books. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope that it has blessed you. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, then please do so on a bunch of podcast apps. Also, please do rate us on those apps if you haven't done so. Anytime you can give us a good rating, it just helps us get the podcast out there as much as possible. Again, please do email in your thoughts to podcast at christchurchdownin.com. Over the next couple of episodes, we're going to be having some discussions that I'm really looking forward to. Firstly, we're going to be looking at men in church. You know, how do men engage with church perhaps differently to women? Why do men really enjoy church and why do some men struggle with church a bit? Then also we're going to be having a look at Sabbath and how in our busy world, on our increasingly busy world, how do we find God's rest? How do we stop the busyness and find time to Sabbath? But that's all to come. I'll speak to you again soon. God bless.